Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Cream. I'm Joseph Patrick. This is a podcast series where I sit down with an industry professional and chat about what's going on in the world of logistics. In this episode, I'm going to be meeting with Crane Worldwide Logistics Senior Vice President of Global Operations, Sam Slater. Welcome to Coffee with Crane, Sam. Thanks for having me, Joseph. Well, as is our tradition here on Coffee with Crane, I always like to start off with a fun question. You ready? What is your most favorite kind of music and why? I love music. Rhythm and blues, some good classic 70s yacht club music. Yacht rock. (laughs) So America, Ambrosia, groups like that. All right, well, let's get down to business. Crane Freight is part of what we do here. Can you tell us more about that? Crane Freight's our asset-based trucking division. Uh, services they provide, full truckload, less than truckload. We do quite a bit of uh, volume consolidation, LTL moves between our facilities. We do that through 26 facilities, quite a bit of value-added activity, uh, supplier sweeps at origin, think destination activity around pool distribution. So if it's ground transport and it's uh, dry-van based, uh, we're doing it. Excellent. Now, uh, tell us why Crane Freight is such an important part of our overall service portfolio. Well, at, it it fits in line with uh, our full portfolio. So when you think about air freight or ocean freight, most of those shipments somewhere in their journey, if not mo- at multiple times, uh, they're having a segment uh, via the ground, via truck, via a pickup and delivery vehicle. And that goes for imports, it goes for exports, it goes for domestic expedite. Uh, so much of the goods that we use and consume at some point in their life are traveling on a truck. We bring the power of a asset-based division uh, to bear in terms of putting service solutions for our clients. Now, we also have Crane Solutions. Can you tell us the difference between Crane Solutions and Crane Freight? Sure. So Crane Freight is a very good sized carrier, you know, with close to 400 drivers. And we started up a third party capacity. Some people call it a truck brokerage division. Crane Solutions is that entity. Uh, they deal with thousands of carriers on a daily basis. And the other thing it gives us is a little bit of flexibility around equipment type. So in addition to supplementing our fleet on dry van business, they're handling not only different modes, but different equipment types. They do LTL, they do intermodal, um, they do quite a bit of drayage around the country. So it's been a very, very good complement, not only for our freight forwarding clients, but our freight forwarding stations, uh, in addition to our asset-based fleet. Sounds like Crane's really got it covered, huh? That COVID-19, it's affected so many aspects of all of our lives, but whenever it comes down to shipping logistics, what impact have you seen on ground transport? When it first hit us in in the countries we operate in, uh, it was almost an immediate shutdown. And then right after that, you saw a surge for restocking of groceries, cleaning supplies, protective goods. And from then on, volatility was the new norm. As the market started to come back, those needs for consumable goods became the new modus. Trying to make sure that fleets were adopting to those new shipping patterns was a big challenge for the entire industry. You had quite a bit of impact on where those shipments were originating or where they were destining. All at the same time, you know, the truck driver had to still be heavily involved in that market. You saw 
of a lot of carriers not being able to handle the committed capacity that they had contracted. And so with volumes uh, going up, you saw a lot more of those tenders being rejected. One positive thing did come out of it. We've always known that we were in an essential business. We've always known how valuable our drivers are. Um, I think they finally got the recognition in the general public to just how important that driver is to what we all as consumers need in our daily lives. And so that was, uh, I think, one positive um, attribute of this, of this pandemic. Now, whenever I go to the store, they're always out of something. And whenever I ask why, I'm usually told we're waiting on the truck to arrive. Now, it's no secret in this industry that we have a huge truck driver shortage here in North America. How is Crane Freight addressing that? The things that we're doing to try to attract drivers is, one, we're a growing company. About three quarters of our driving force are owner-operators. Uh, we provide the authority, the insurance, and, and the trailing equipment and, and obviously compensate them for committing that type of asset. So they're business people. And we have got a, a great partnership with our owner-operators. Um, we allow them the opportunity to expand their business, put on additional uh, tractors as subcontractors, and it's really been a good operating model for us. And that's how that's how we treat them. They're, they're business partners. And so being respectful of their time, trying to make sure that uh, they are kept busy and being transparent in our communication, uh, making sure that they're aware of the opportunities available to them. Uh, the other advantage I think we have is we have multiple or various type of driving opportunities. Crane has all of those opportunities available to our driver base. So, you know, most of our over-the-road drivers never really get caught in long delays because we can always take them into one of our stations and affect the delivery on, on the following day with a local driver. So there's a lot of flexibility we have in our network that our driving partners uh, like and enjoy uh, their partnership with us. Sounds like uh, Crane goes out of its way to make it a very attractive place to work, making us, as always, the employer of choice. In dealing with the technological side of Crane, do you think that autonomous self-driving vehicles are, are going to help relieve this shortage anytime soon? I think it might be sooner than we expect. I still think there's always going to be a need for drivers. Um, I think that's all, that need's only going to grow. I do think they're making advancements in, in autonomous vehicles. I think one of the benefits that we're already seeing is a significant risk mitigation and driver safety. Um, it's making the vehicles much more safe. I just think society's a long ways away from accepting a 90,000 pound vehicle motoring down the highway without a person behind it. But I do think it's sooner than we, we think, but it will not replace the driver. Hopefully it'll help augment that uh, supply and, and make some of the capacity a little less constrained. Interesting. Well, as you and I both know, history is always in motion. Uh, we're going through Brexit. International border deals are always in flux all across the world. So how does international trade affect the trucking industry here in the States? Both imports and exports have a huge impact on domestic trucking. Uh, congestion at ports impacts the balance of domestic networks. So they go hand in hand. It's difficult to talk about just domestic trucking without understanding the impact that uh, global and international commerce has on us. So it's always wise to keep tabs on what's going on in the world. Exactly. And we're here to, to service that business again. We're just one tool in the uh, tool belt for our company and our business development professionals 
our solution design experts that they put our capability along with our other service offerings together to come up with a solution for our clients. And it's important that we're in position to support that global network as well. Okay, Sam, last question. Are there any changes planned for the network in 2021? Well, I think we've got to stay close to our clients. Um, you know, our clients have led our growth since our inception in 2008. And so you're seeing shifts in distribution patterns. You're seeing our customers have to redesign their supply chains. Um, so lots of talk about near shoring um, or moving manufacturing or their sourcing closer to the consumer, faster to the consumer, more responsive to the consumer. So we'll continue to follow that lead, putting our drivers in those markets to take advantage of that regional traffic, making sure that we're beefing up our capacity and our capability with both Mexico and Canada and putting that in conjunction with our trucking capability and capacity. So borders, I think more regional activity across the country, along with our logistics activity, putting us in the place that our clients need us. I got to tell you, on a personal note, this has been a great coffee with Crane for me because I've got trucking in the blood. My grandfather was a trucker. My grandmother was a trucker. My dad, my uncle, right now my cousin is a trucker. There's lots of, uh, you know, CB handles in our name, so to speak. Well, I can just tell you, if you bought it, a truck brought it. Well, sadly, that's all the time we have for coffee with Crane today, Sam. But I want to thank you for taking your time to come out and speak with us today and share some of your insights on these important issues. Thank you, Joseph. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to Coffee with Crane on your favorite podcast player. Like, share, comment, and follow. It really does help us. So until next time, I'll keep a fresh cup waiting for you right here on the next episode of Coffee with Crane. Goodbye now.